0: to This Grit and Grace Life, a podcast for strong women and those who want to be. From the boardroom to the bedroom, car lines to college, single, married, or single again, real talk for women embracing this grit and grace life. Let's get into it. Well, hello, and welcome to another episode of this Grit and Grace Life podcast. I am your co-host, Julie Graham, and I am recently single due to losing my husband of 11 and a half years, so it still feels weird to say, but I am a recent widow now a single mama. That's a little about
1: me as far as relationship status. What about you, Dar? Oh, and I'm Darlene Brock, and I've been married 4,012 years (laughs) to the same man who I absolutely adore. You guys are really cute together. Hey. Hashtag goals. Thank you. Um, well, today
0: we're, ta- we, we started with that. Um, it has a reason because we want to get into some relationship talk today. And this is actually a conversation that Dar has been pitching whenever we talk about upcoming podcast episodes. She has been saying she wants to do this one um, because she knows and, and wants to discuss when is enough enough with your man when you see maybe a troubled relationship. Talk a little bit more about how this idea came to you.
1: Uh, Because I've watched it, whether it's dating or engaged or married, there's a point where sometimes the conduct or the relationship is in trouble because Mm. things have not been dealt with. uh, Issues have not been addressed. And I think as women, sometimes we react too quickly and sometimes we react too slowly. And so I think there's this tipping point that we need to find out when is enough enough in that relationship. And then what do you do? How do you address it? Okay, so we launched this podcast in August of 2017. And I promise you,
0: friends, this has been on our list since the beginning. And not (laughs) until today have we felt confident to um, cover this topic. And it's because we are bringing in our trusted friend, friend of the show. Um, She is a mama five, been married for 20 plus years, uh, working mama. Um, Some like to call her a superwoman. She is our dear friend and past um, guest on the show, Dr. Zoe Shaw. Oh, have I mentioned that she's also a licensed psychotherapist and relationship expert? Yeah, smarter So than she's us. the perfect friend to join us she is. in this difficult conversation. So hey, Zoe.
2: Hi, thank you so much for having me today. And you guys tackle difficult conversations. So I'm excited to, to do that with you guys today. Well, we're not willing to tackle this one without you. (laughs) So thanks (laughs) for being willing to go into what,
0: I mean, yes, it's going to be a difficult topic, but just because it's hard doesn't mean we can keep putting
1: it off. No, it doesn't. So let's start in maybe the easier side of this, theoretically, and that would be the dating relationship, Zoe. I think that I would have to
2: say that when it comes to women coming to see me individually and not knowing, having that feeling of, Am I jumping the gun here Mm -hmm. or I've been doing this for so long, I don't know how to or when I should end this or if Mm -hmm. I should. We're going to talk about dating first because dating is very different from marriage and there should be two different thresholds uh, because of the commitment involved. And so when you are dating, first things first, every woman who is dating needs to have a list. Oh, I love that. Yes, you have to. How in the world can you, you know, when you're, the purpose of dating often, right, is looking for a mate. And the reality is, even if you aren't looking, you will eventually marry somebody that you're dating.
1: And so... (laughs) So there's no other way you you do date and then you do end up marrying them. That makes sense, Zoe. <laughs> yeah, and so even if you go into it as, well, I'm just dating and that's how so many
2: women end up marrying people that really are not compatible or not mm-hmm. good for them because they initially started out, I'm just dating, it's not that serious, mm-hmm. and you get emotionally involved and the next thing you know, you're married. And so whether you're just dating for fun or you're dating to get married, you need to have a list of non-negotiables and then you need to have another list of of uh, once. Okay. So every woman needs to do this, and then you have to stay honorable and keep that commitment to your list, which is so hard, which is keeping a commitment to yourself. Right. And it helps when you start out, because if you're just dating somebody and he already has one of those non-negotiables or doesn't have one of those non-negotiables, it's easy to end it. in the very beginning of a relationship, it gets hard when you've gotten into it and then you're going to make your list because then you're making excuses and then emotions are involved. So when it comes to when is enough, enough, When you recognize something in somebody that you know, if you're being honest with yourself, and I was just talking about that today, about being honest with yourself, because so many women, not just women, everybody, we lie to ourselves and we don't even know ourselves because we don't take the time to know ourselves. And if you sit down and really ask yourself, can I do this or deal with this 20 years from now, 30 years from now, will I be okay? Not the person that I think he can be 20 years from now. But the person he is today right now, can I deal with that? Because there was a there was a saying that said um women marry men expecting them to change and they don't, right? And then we're mm-hmm. marry women expecting them not to change and they do. And that is so <laughs> true. And so we have to
1: deal with what we actually have right in front of us. Okay, with the list, Zoe, it's um yeah. I have one of my daughter's adult friends who has her list, and I've mm-hmm. gone through it with her, and it's things like uh, he cannot drink because she works in the hospital in rehab. Uh, so he can't drink, he can't smoke, he can't, and she has a list, a very long list, actually. He has to be tall because she's six foot tall. Um, but I said, you know, what really matters on your list? What is? What are the important things? Because the truth is in every relationship we each have things that we have to deal with with one another that we have to accept as part of that aren't aren't things that are real issues. They're small issues.
2: True. And, you know, I think that's really good that you said, like, he can't drink, he can't smoke. My question when I'm helping a woman make her list is I say, OK, he can't drink. So what does that mean? Can he not have one drink ever? Or does that mean? don't want him to drink every weekend or every night when he comes home, mm-hmm. you need to get very specific about that. And then you really do have to evaluate, is that a, a non-negotiable or is that a, would be nice? Mm-hmm. And at what point does that become a non-negotiable? And then you have to be able to stick to that. So Darlene, you brought up a good point that, okay, some women, do you have a list that is so ridiculously long?
0: <laughs> it's why they're still single.
2: Never, never, ever. <laughs> Live up to that list. Mm -hmm. And that's a whole nother problem, I think. And another thing that, um, you know, you really have to work on within yourself. But when you're in a relationship and there's something going on in the relationship, whether it's something like drinking or whether it's dishonesty Mm -hmm. or if it, you know, if, and I have clients, women who are in relationships with men who they know have cheated on them Mm -hmm. and are still in that place of, but he loves me. That Those mm. are the ones you really need to be able to look at. And I had a client who are dealing with this right now. And I said, yeah, he does love you. He does love you. And he does want to be with you. And you ask him that question and he says, no, you're the one I want to be with. I love you. And he's true. But he also wants her too. Mm. He wants his cake and he wants to eat it too. Yeah. And you've got to be able to realize that that's the truth. Because like I said, when we talk about those lies, we go, oh, but he does love me. And the question isn't about love. Because people can love you and do really heinous things to you. Wow.
1: Yeah, and I think love, and you're smarter than I am, Dr. Zoe, but to me, love is an emotion. Mm -hmm. Where relationships that are supposed to last a lifetime are not really based on emotion. They're based on commitments and that I am... I am going to stick with this person and be true and truthful to them forever.
2: That's what a healthy relationship is based on commitment.
1: Yes, absolutely. So how do you walk away? If you say, all right, they've crossed the line. They have, uh, they have hit one of my non-negotiables. What do you do?
2: Well, I think first, before you say, how do you walk away? I think it's, it's figuring out when, right? Cause that's, I think what the, what we were really talking about. So, if you look at something like infidelity and if you look at something like addiction, it's important to look to talk with your partner and understand how much he's willing to work and change. You two need to do this together and it needs to be demonstrated over time. Mm. So, you know, if, if those things are your non-negotiables, it's very easy in the beginning of a relationship to just go. And I would actually suggest when it comes to those big ones that you do because you haven't committed to this person yet. You you're don't saying have if it's
0: early on in a relationship and either of those two big ones show up.
2: I think so. Yes. Mm-hmm. It is okay to just go. You don't have to stick this out with this person mm-hmm. and it's probably the best for you. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you're in that space where you see that there is commitment because he has demonstrated for a period of time verbally <laughs> and Physically, logistically, you can see that those things have changed in his life. And I think you need to give it another six months to a year to see if those changes are going to stay. So um, you're,
1: you're looking for a permanent change, something correct. that he is demonstrated by his actions, as well as his words. Correct. Words are nothing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we've all heard that, haven't we? Yeah,
0: <laughs> oh, they but that's are. good. It's a good reminder that somebody needs to hear today. Yep.
2: And words are, are wishful thinking and they can feel really good. And sometimes those are the things that make us stay for so much longer than we need to stay. And the truth is, is there
0: are some men who know all they have to do is be faithful with their words yes. and they're unfaithful in every other way. And Absolutely. so they know how to spin us <laughs> to make us think They will make the changes. They're just promising to make the changes, but then they're not following through. And sometimes we ladies, we can just really fall victim to that over and over and over again.
2: Yes, we can. Because like I said, those words feel really good. And it's what we're looking for is that confirmation and that validation. But the words are nice, but it's the action that Mm -hmm. tells you. And because marriage, you know, is such a huge commitment, it is so Important that we are able to let things go before we get to that point. Because I see over and over and over again, a lot of these issues, they don't just pop up the second you get married. They were there beforehand and mm-hmm. we excuse them and we let them go. Or we listen to the words and we believed, or I even know men who will then propose when they've really messed up as a way of keeping oh, wow. a woman.
1: Yeah. I find that today to say I'm a fiance seems to be almost an excuse or a, I'm going to bridge the gap and keep you quiet for a little bit.
2: Right, right. No, I see that time and time again. Um, And I think that that's how women sometimes really get caught up because they feel that that action of proposing is a commitment, if that makes sense to change, and it's not. Mm. It's just a way of keeping you. The the commitment needs to be shown in the daily actions of what he's actually doing.
1: Okay. So we, as women, think that we can fix things. We think that we can make whatever's bad uh, fixed or righted. If a man, like you said, has messed up, whether he's cheated on you or uh, is involved in drugs, I, I believe in second chances. I believe in change. Um, give me some definitive. So Dr. Zoe on when, you know, you know, you know, you have to walk away. So what you want to do
2: is look at patterns. You want to look at, is this a one time thing? Is this a recent occurrence in his life because of events when we're talking about drug abuse or something like that, when we're talking about cheating, is this a pattern that he's had way before he even met you? Mm -hmm. And you might be able to find out from him. And you know, here's the thing. Most guys tell you who they are. We just don't tend to want to believe them. Oh, that's the (laughs) truth. It is the truth. It is. And if we're willing to believe the things they say over the course of the time that we're with them, we save ourselves a lot of heartache. But when it comes down to, you know, when is, how do you know? You want to look at those patterns. If he's had a pattern of cheating and he's doing that with you as well, why are you going to spend your time and energy trying to change somebody who isn't really going to change. You know, we talk
1: about, uh, we just talked about cheating and, you know, the drug abuse or things like that. One thing that I find men seem to be incredibly capable of, women are too, is just not telling the truth. Mm -hmm. I mean, not, not being forthcoming about things or being honest, or basically lying. And I think that's a huge sign that something is not as it seems.
2: Absolutely. I th- Well, like I said, we lie to ourselves as well. Um, but whenever there is a repeated pattern of dishonesty in the relationship, too, these things need to be addressed. And it's OK if that is one. And I have a woman who has that one as her non-negotiable mm. is lying. And even if she starts to catch him in a little, little lie, because she's had so much history with deceit, mm. Um that the dishonesty is a non-negotiable on her, on her list.
0: Yeah. I mean, because I think if we're all going to sit down and write a list, you're, you're not going to want to say, I want to marry a liar. And we all lie sometimes, but it's that sure. pattern of dishonesty. And there are certainly those who literally cannot be honest. So that makes sense. Yeah,
1: Yes. It does. It's one thing to say, I don't want to tell you how much I paid for that dress. <laughs> and it's another thing to say, I'm not telling you where I went. Mm-hmm. Right, right. And that I'm not telling you where I went, that
2: not an ability, but not wanting to be honest about all the activities of his life is an indication to you that clearly he's hiding something. Right. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to go also back to cell phones, to passwords, to wonderful things like that. If he's not willing to be open about that, there's a reason. And so a lot of women will say, oh, well, you know, he's just private.
1: Yeah, he is for a reason. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and I can tell you from being married as long as I have that you really have to be able to share everything in your life. You have mm-hmm. to be able to um, be honest and, you know, whether it's choosing the couch or raising your kids or, you know, where if you attend church, where you attend church, you've got to make joint decisions So you have to have that communication and be honest with one another.
2: Absolutely. And so, you know, for a woman who is struggling in this area, and I really want to encourage women prior to getting married, because we, we get, we have the whole Disney syndrome, right? Mm -hmm. Of the, the dream of the wedding, the dream of the marriage. And that once you get there, then it's all going to be okay. Okay. That's (laughs) really funny. I'm just saying, (laughs) Uh but it this and every woman to some extent because steeped in. And so if you can work really hard to separate yourself from that and recognize that now prior to marriage is the time when you can actually make the best healthy choices for yourself and get out of a situation that you don't want to have to be in for the rest of your life or get out of an a divorce, you know, years later. And so your, your threshold prior to a marriage needs to be so much shorter because there are so many fish in the sea mm-hmm. and you do not have
1: to choose one who does not meet your criteria. Okay. I know a lot of single women who would say there aren't good fish in the sea. <laughs> yes, I know. And I hear that every day. And yet I see.
2: Something different. And it also it also goes back to what you are willing to tolerate because we teach people how to treat us, right? Mm-hmm. We do. And our self-esteem does often directly correlate with the type of partner that we attract. True. It's a True. whole nother story. Mm-hmm. But when it comes down to the question you asked me earlier, Darlene, it's okay. So now we look at it. If you are honest, if you're able to really look at your relationship and know, you know what? This is a non-negotiable. This isn't okay. And I need to get out of it. So now the question is how? Because it's painful and it hurts and it doesn't Mm -hmm. feel good. And it's scary. Scary. It's so, so scary. It won't be anybody else ever. So I'll just stay with this. So I don't want to be alone. Yeah. Yes. Yes. And so the way that you do it is baby steps. Mm. Is take those baby steps. And the first steps have to be in your mind. Because what we think, you know, eventually becomes what we create in our lives. And so if you're able to start writing or if you're able to start really forming a life for yourself that is separate from him, then you'll be able to eventually start taking those steps. So I always talk when we talk about fears, I tell my clients, go to that worst case scenario. Let's go to that place where you're all by yourself and there's no other man and you are lonely. Okay. Cause that's mm-hmm. the fear. So Let's mm-hmm. talk about what that really real fear mm-hmm. is. So when you go there, how can you make it? Okay. How can you make that life a good life for yourself? And when you're able to start working on that and processing that, then you will be able to let go this part. That's not healthy. And the reason why you're going there is because you really do have to get to a point where you believe that that life is healthier than living this life. That's not authentic. That,
1: Isn't going to serve me, that's going to hurt me longer, you know, long term. Okay, so you start, give me some steps in building that life. Is it career? Is it relationships? Is it a dream that you have that you would like to pursue? Is it travel? Is it all of the above? I would say it's all of the above. And when you
2: can face those fears and go, okay, so he's not going to be there. I'm going to be living this life by myself. What do I know or what do I think? even maybe imagine could be fulfilling for myself in a place where I'm by myself. And then you got to go back to, so, you know, sometimes I'm going to say, I don't even know what I enjoy. I don't even know what my purpose is in life. And sometimes going back to childhood, going back to that thing that you really enjoyed, that you loved, that you pursued when you were a child might be something that you want to start pursuing now. But also when I look at relationships, and this goes for women who are in relationships that are even healthy, are that they want to keep, I think of that Venn diagram, right? So you mm-hmm. think of, of unhealthy relationships are two circles side by side with distance between themselves. Healthy, uh, another unhealthy relationship is two circles that are juxtaposed on top of each other right? Mm -hmm. So that there isn't any separate life. And often when we are in relationships that are unhealthy, we are enmeshed in that way already. A healthy relationship would be that Venn diagram where you have two circles that intersect on somewhat of a a large area, but also have their own individual
1: healthy, separate parts. Mm, Yeah. My husband and I always say we are independently dependent.
2: Yes. Yes. And that is health. And when you are independently dependent, do you lose something when that other part goes away? Absolutely. But you have enough there on the other side of the circle to fill it up. And so if you're not in that space, your relationship isn't healthy because you're not healthy. And so that's what you need to do is figure out how to fit, fill up that circle with all the things that you just said, darling, with your work, your passion, you know, your hobbies, your connection with other women, your connection with the community, community, all of those things need to be built up so that when, and I say when, because it will happen Mm -hmm. when that other person does come along, that you have that healthy interconnectedness.
1: Love it. Yeah. Yeah, Love love it.
2: it. All right. So that's maybe the conversation that's more
0: geared to the relationship that is not yet a marriage. So you're dating, maybe you're even engaged. I would say to the engaged woman, you fall in that first conversation, right? Zoe? Uh Mm -hmm. Uh, You fall definitely up until- Because I know some people who would think, well, I'm engaged. And so therefore I'm already married.
2: No. And you know, I have to share the story- (laughs) Engaged three times mm-hmm. and she literally the two times before she left the guy after the bridal shower, after they had gifts. They were like two <laughs> weeks away from the wedding. And you know, everybody kind of poo-poos that and talks about that. But I say you go. Good for <laughs> you. Yeah. It was hard. You did it at a time when most women would never have the courage. Mm-hmm. People had plane tickets to her destination wedding. And she <laughs> did she didn't still go?
0: And just do it as a friend vacation?
2: No, they didn't. <laughs> okay. There was no, it didn't happen. It was all just a <laughs> But, you know, I think people can look down on that. But I say that is so brave.
1: I to, agree.
2: To at that point, when you knew, because most women don't, and they can look back and go, I knew, but we already had the, the date. We already had, you know, the destination. We already had all of that.
1: Yeah. No, there's nothing wrong with a runaway bride. If you're running away from something, that's not good.
0: Beautiful. Absolutely. Absolutely.
1: (laughs) Okay. So that's
0: the conversation to the dating or engaged, but Mm -hmm. now we got to go into, you're already married. You're in this committed, supposed to be forever relationship. And you're seeing these red flags and you're starting to wonder, can I keep doing this? Or has the line been crossed? How do you handle that situation?
2: Yes. And I I just first have to say that this is probably the most painful Mm -hmm. and the most terrifying experience for a woman to be in this place and a man. I mean, anybody to be in this place where you've committed your life to somebody and now you're wondering if you can maintain this marriage, if you can stay in it. So I just want to offer that because Mm -hmm. it is so hard. And it's okay to know that you're going through something that's really very difficult. And so different from. Obviously, dating, you're already married, you're already in this situation. And so now it's time for action. Mm -hmm. When you know you're in a place that you can't maintain long term, then you need to take action. And I talked to you guys before about the fact that most people will sit on a therapy worthy Mm -hmm. topic for five to six years. That's the average. Mm -hmm. And that's not okay. It's not okay for your kids. It's not okay for yourself. It's not okay for your future. And so you need to take action, which means you need to. Address it immediately as soon as you have developed that awareness. Okay. And you develop I've... it honestly. Go ahead.
1: What is a therapy worthy
2: issue? Huh, good question. <laughs>
0: And just I, real quick, I, I'm going to jump in and say, Dr. Zoe has been with us on two episodes before, and I'm going to link to those in the show notes. So when mm-hmm. you said the therapy worthy issue that we sit on for six years, I'm struggling with the episode number. So I will link to it um, where we talked a little bit more about issues that couples usually um, come to you for right. your um, you know, expert opinion. Um, so we will link to that. But Dar's right to ask this question again. What is a therapy worthy issue?
2: A therapy-worthy issue is any issue that you guys cannot address on your own over a certain amount of time. Even, I would say, a week or two of really hashing something out and you can't come to any kind of conclusion or or that it's not fixable, that's a therapy-worthy issue. And it's going to be different for everybody. For some people, their threshold very high. For some, it's very low. Okay.
1: That's good. All right. So a week, boy, that just seems like a really short time, but that seems really smart because most of us will have a week or two of issues and it will become a month and then it'll become six months and then it'll become a year. Six (laughs) years. Yeah, it will for sure. Mm. So you're saying jump on it quickly. So how do you do it? If you're facing one of those, what do you do? Well, yeah. And when you said
2: a week and then a month, you know, my thought is when it's an issue that you dread bringing up with your spouse that you put off because you know what it's going to dredge up, that's a therapy-worthy issue, and like I said, it could be a week, it could be months.
1: So, what was your question, Dar? What do you do? Yeah, what do you do next? You, you're facing this, and you're you realize he has one conversation, you're having another, and neither of you can agree on whatever the subject is, and you're just butting heads and walking away, not resolving anything. Right. So
2: what I said is that you need to take action. And a lot of w- everybody is scared to tell the truth. So what do we do when we get upset? Sometimes we pout, right? We give them the cold shoulder. Mm-hmm. We're trying to express to them that we're upset, and it doesn't work, and it just creates more distance. And that that is not a way to address it. But that's a way that a lot of women address the issues with our husbands.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: And so a lot of people will be scared to say the truth. Like I'm thinking of divorce. Mm. Oh wow. It hurts me so much that I'm in this place I never thought I would be, and I'm actually thinking of us not being together again. That is the truth. Mm. Now, there's a difference between saying that and threatening that. Mm. There should never, ever be a threat of divorce and anger when you're speaking to your spouse because you are undermining the, you know, their security and the relationship. That's different when you come to them honestly. And you say, this issue is bothering me so much that it's making me think this way, and I don't want to, and it's scary for me, but this is what I'm feeling and thinking. When you're able to start from
1: that place, he will hear you. Okay, so what's the difference? You know, we all have irritants that we create for one another. We all have things that, you know, she talks too much, he doesn't talk enough, he doesn't clean up the kitchen, he does. you know, you can go, he doesn't or she doesn't all day long. What's the difference between that and things that cause the enough is enough place?
2: Right. So I think we're looking at a violation. So we have to have grace and we have to know that our spouses are not perfect and neither are we. And even more than that, we marry people that we bump up against our unperfect parts, right? (laughs) And at the beauty of it, it's so that we can both heal, So that we can, you know, the iron sharpens iron. And so in some ways, that's beautiful if you can look at it that way. But when it comes to a violation, and so what I was saying is when you address something like that with somebody, that this is how I'm feeling about this, and I said, he will hear it, he will. Now, the question is, what does he do about it? Mm. If he is not willing to not acknowledge or make any types of changes, Mm. then that's over time, because sometimes these changes are really hard to make. And so if you can start to talk about it, address it, maybe go into therapy and talk about it. If there is no change that's willing to be made, then that's a point where you might start thinking enough is enough. If you've been honest, most people aren't even honest. And what happens is men, and, and this is, I mean, this is, it's just research based is that women, first of all, initiate divorce more than men. Really? Yes, they do. And men are often blindsided by it. And a woman will say, I've been unhappy for blank, blank, blank years. And the man will go, I thought we were doing just fine. Right. (laughs) And that goes back to not really being honest, not ever
1: looking at him and saying, this is a big issue. And then you give him the opportunity to address it. Wow. Okay, let me ask you this. In our community of faith, because we belong to a community of faith,
2: Mm -hmm. there
1: is this often this attitude of. You're married. Just deal with it. You need to love him no matter what. You need to do what he says no matter what. And you know there's some lines that are being asked of wives that I think should not be crossed. Whether it's you know in pornography or uh, you know sexual relationships and things being asked of you, or you know other things that may may fight your integrity or your your principles. You know, I, I really struggle with, I agree, marriage should last. Marriage is something that you need to give absolutely everything into and for. But there is a point where you go, I can't do that and be faithful to who I'm supposed to be.
2: Yes. And this is, you know, it's so tough. And obviously I am in the business I'm in because I believe in relationships. I believe in marriage. Um But that being said, I also I agree with you that there is this this there's a subculture that women have to just accept anything because you're married Mm -hmm. and, you know, it's a hard one because. I think to a certain extent, love, not a certain extent. I mean, if you look at love, love is sacrificial, right? It's not a really necessarily about what's being gotten from it. It's about giving. And when you love somebody, you are willing to sacrifice. But it has to go both ways. If you both are in a healthy relationship, you're able to both sacrifice for each other. And so when it gets to a point where there is, of course, abuse, when there's any kind of break, of the marriage covenant, I think you have to ask yourself, what is, what is marriage and what did God intend for marriage? And when is that covenant broken? And so there's the legal aspect and then there's the spiritual aspect. And I think that as Christians, there's really a concern for the spiritual aspect, but we get caught up in the legal aspect as if those two are the same and they are not. Mm -hmm. And covenants can be broken in marriages regardless of the legal aspect, if that
1: makes sense totally makes sense.
2: The other thing is that when I, when I counsel women, especially women who are very concerned about divorce, I also talk to them about separation because separation is not a legal divorce if you're worried about the legalities of it. But sometimes in you putting up healthy boundaries for yourself, You need to say, I cannot tolerate this in a a marriage. I cannot tolerate living this way. So I need to separate myself from you. And then maybe we can work on it. That sends a a very um, strong message about your self-worth and your ability, willingness to tolerate something in a relationship that's not healthy without actually divorcing.
1: Well, and I think that's important because I think your final goal is, you didn't start the marriage with the expectation that it was going to end. So your goal is, I want this to work. But sometimes it takes separating yourself from it to say, no, I mean, it's not going to work the way it's been working. I want it to work, but it needs a new path.
2: It does. It does. And when we, you know, I think there's that fine line between saying, I'm going to be committed to you forever, no matter what and health, right. And, and sickness. And I will be a doormat because I'm married to you now. And so you can do anything you want to me. And when you send those messages psychologically, there's a likelihood of, of taking advantage, right. Because there's that idea that she has to stay regardless. And so that's why I like to help women kind of get into that idea, at least of separation, if you're not wanting to divorce for whatever reasons. Because if a man understands that there are certain things that you will not tolerate in a relationship, then it's likely that there will be more respect there.
1: Well, and I always go back to the whole family. If you have children and your relationship is such that you know, he, your husband is uh, taking advantage, and you are allowing it. You will have a son who thinks that that's the way it works, and a daughter who thinks that's the way it works,
2: without a doubt. And you know, kids see everything; they just do. And it is important to know, you know, what am I teaching my children in the way that we are interacting with each other in our marriage? I, well, I have a question about this because there's somebody who's listening
0: mm-hmm. and saying, "Okay." Maybe I need to be considering separation. Can Mm. you just give her a couple steps that she needs to think about before taking that action? Does she need to see a therapist before asking for a separation? What do you recommend? I think
2: you need to know your husband Mm -hmm. and you need to be really honest about what his likely responses are going to be. And I think that you also I know that, yes, this is definitely a therapy worthy situation. (laughs) Or you need some support emotionally. And you need to also make sure that you're going to a therapist who has similar beliefs as you. Because when it comes to something that's so essential, so critical to your life, like a divorce, um, it's more than just psychological. There's emotional and spiritual aspects about it wherever you are in your life that you need to make sure your therapist lines up with that so that you're getting not only getting good counsel, but so that you can feel good about the choices and decisions you're making in the therapy room. Number two, you need to seek legal counsel, even when it's a separation. You need to seek legal counsel because you need to protect yourself and you need to know what can happen, what should happen. So those would definitely be the first steps. And I never suggest unless abuse is involved for a woman to just get up and leave. Mm -hmm. It needs a conversation that you have with your husband. It's difficult. It's hard and it needs to happen.
1: Well, and I think I would encourage that if you can't, if your spouse is willing, counseling is essential. It may yeah. resolve the issues before you get to that next step. And that, again, is the ultimate goal. It's just knowing whether that can work or not, whether that will do what needs to be done to make your marriage healthy. Right. And the reality
2: is, is that I think in most situations, like I said, most women don't actually aren't actually honest with their husbands and tell them straightforward that this is what I'm feeling. This is what I'm thinking. And so that's going to get you to that point. But if you're in a relationship with a man who is otherwise healthy, um, being very clear about that boundary and starting a separation process will, like you said, Darlene often lead to reconciliation because he's able to see that the importance of what you're talking about. And so, yes, therapy would be essential at that point for
1: both of you. One thing I do want women to know in this is that we recognize the fact that there are points where even in marriage, enough is enough, that you are being emotionally, spiritually, even sometimes physically harmed, and that you have to take steps to to protect yourself. And we wouldn't want you not to do that.
2: Absolutely. Even though, you know, it's hard. It's so hard, especially when you've been in a marriage for a long time, to be able to see it through the forest, because often when we're in it, we can't even see it as clearly as it is. And that's why therapy can often um, help you do that. But there are definite, definite times when enough is enough and you need to be able to take those steps. And it's hard, but you can do it. You can do it with the help of someone else. Absolutely. Well, we're definitely going to link to um, the first couple
0: episodes you joined us on because I think we unpack a, a little more in depth some of the things we've kind of touched on about what's a therapy-related issue. Um, even you mentioned in the beginning to the the dating and the single woman, um, mm-hmm. you know, she needs to know herself well. So I feel like we even discussed that in the first episode you joined us on. So we're definitely going to link to that. but. I'm sitting here as, like I've said, a newly um, widowed woman, and I've been meaning to reach out to you to see if you can help me. Um, (laughs) You do you do therapy, um, remotely. And so that's an option. Um, and so I want to make sure that uh, women know how they could get in touch with you if they feel like, um, that you might be somebody who could help them and, or you have your own show where you're talking through these kinds of things, um, on a, on a greater uh, scale. So can you tell them a little bit first about your show and then how they can get in touch with you if they want to know more about you?
2: Absolutely. So yes, I do therapy remotely. I love, love, love working with women and helping them find themselves and figure out how to exercise their strength in their life. Um, My show, my podcast, it's also a radio show is called the Dr. Zoe show, redefining your Superwoman. And I talk about all those buckets of things that we as women uh, deal with in our lives, marriage, relationships, children, life, work, balance, loving ourselves, some health tips. And I do, I also, I also answer questions. Um and you can get a hold of me. Well, you can find my show on iTunes and I think Lipson Stitcher Google. Um and you I'll can make get sure to give
0: the direct link in the show notes too.
2: <laughs> Great. On my website. And I'm everywhere at Dr. Zoe Shaw. Uh, those are all my links on social media. And then I'm also going
0: to include some of the specific articles you've written for the Grit and Grace Project. Um, One of the ones um, a little more recent, um, you wrote to the woman who didn't get the ring she thought she was going to get around the holidays. And so um, I thought that was really good. And it kind of touched on maybe your expectations are off with this specific dating relationship and do you need to be honest with yourself? So we will make sure to um, click on into the show notes, the the types of things you want to read a little bit more. But thank you so much for joining us for this difficult conversation. That we think is so so important. So absolutely, thanks for lending it. your wisdom our way over this grit and grace life podcast. So here's the deal: we got to end even a, an episode about relationships with a quote. So here's one that we think sums up what we've been talking about. Growth is painful, change is painful, but nothing is as painful as staying stuck somewhere you don't belong. All right, here's to another week of living with grit and grace. Thanks for listening to another episode of this Grit and Grace Life podcast brought to you by the Grit and Grace Project. Take a few minutes and head over to iTunes to rate and review the show so more people can find us and be sure to subscribe so you never miss an upcoming episode. If you can think of a friend who could benefit from this episode or the show in general, please be sure to share us with her. And for all the details on today's episode, find the show notes by heading to thegritandgraceproject.org. You can follow us on social so you miss nothing that we're sharing throughout the week on
2: all things living a grit and grace life. We'll catch you on the next one.